Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. Dr. Andrew Bartish and Maggie Bartish, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Doing great, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, we're very excited to have you both on the show. This is a very special interview because, as the audience may have noticed, we actually have two. We have a team. We have a husband and wife. Um, and we'll get into kind of more of these roles in just a moment. But first question, uh, maybe we can start with you, Dr. Bartish, and then Maggie, we go to you next. Could you just introduce yourselves to the audience, like who you are and what you do? Sure, be happy to. And thanks for having us on. We, uh, my, my name's Andy Bartish. I'm a Cincinnati-based uh, general cosmetic uh, with a prosthodontic flair dentist. I've uh, been in practice um, since about 2010. And um, I'm fortunate enough to get to work with my, my lovely wife, who also sort of runs our practice as, a, uh, as the, the CEO, the business mind, and allows me to just be able to do the dentistry in, in a way that I love to do it. So it's a great setup. And I'm Maggie. I actually never wanted to work with my husband, to be totally honest. Um, we swore <laughs> we would never work together ever. And then it kind of fell into place and it's been awesome for both of us. So I come from a corporate background, worked in top Fortune 50 for about a decade before we had kids and then thought that I would kind of focus a little differently and got pulled into the dental world after our son was about one and have absolutely loved every bit of it and trying to kind of run the non-clinical side of everything we do. Yeah, I, I think that's, um, thank you so much for introducing yourselves. I think that leads to a great question right off the bat. Dr. Bartish, was there a time, bef- I, I'm assuming there was, but there must have been a time before Maggie came and like helped you out with all this. Could you talk about that and just like how different things were? Sure, I'd be happy to. And it's interesting because we've, you know, we, we've tried to pinpoint when, you know, Maggie officially became involved at a certain point in 2019 and sort of was unofficially a, uh, a business mentor of mine prior to that. So I would, I would guess that very early on in my career, you know, the first couple of years as an associate, uh, she, she was not necessarily as involved in you know, what happens with dentistry is you, you end up taking it home. And as you take it home, you start to talk to your spouse about it or maybe girlfriend at the time. And, um, you know, they start poking holes in what's happening and you kind of go, hmm, well, it's pretty obvious we don't know everything. So uh, it was it was kind of fun. It's been an interesting metamorphosis of where she was kind of like a, a remote advisor for me for a little while. And then at a certain point, I think it was in 2019, she became sort of the uh, – the, the de facto CEO of the practice. Yeah, no, it's so interesting you say that because we interview all different types of uh, people in the dental world on this show, and that includes um, younger dentists still in dental school. It includes, you know, those just out of dental schools in their 30s, stuff like that. And a lot of the feedback we've gotten is even when they might get like a world-class education, they they oftentimes feel like they could have used a little more business training. So Meggie, I'm going to take it to you for a sec. Going back to what uh, Dr. Bartish was just mentioning about like kind of poking holes and your corporate background. I think this is like a fascinating case study because you guys obviously have a really nice practice. So, so you, so wherever you came from, you know, you you've elevated the game. Um, and as much as you'd like to share, like 
when you kind of saw it, like what were some of those vulnerabilities and what did you do to fix them to take your practice to the next level? Sure. So, yeah, so it's, I have an interesting background because I'm a supply chain major, which is kind of like a bunch of different things, but purchasing, transportation. But really for me in my career, I did a lot of project management, people management, large teams, moving things, you know, moving jobs from the East Coast to the Midwest, whatever it may be. So I was super, super fortunate that every role I had really taught me a lot of things about beyond just my specific major and discipline and whatnot. So when I started working with Andy, it was just really eye-opening because I had always assumed, I mean, we didn't know each other when he was in dental school, so I didn't know anything about the education that he received there, but I just figured like, oh, he knows basic accounting, he knows basic HR, you know, kind of all of like those intro level classes that I took at an undergraduate level and then at a graduate level. And so it's been really fun for us to kind of learn and explore what each of us learned in such different educational trajectories from a science-based to a business-based because just, you know, a lot of things in terms of HR is a great example for me where, I mean, I love my husband dearly, but he's one of four boys and, you know, (laughs) in a family of four boys, things work differently, you know, than in an office that's, you know, 13 people, you know, primarily women. It's just, it's a very different dynamic and they don't teach you a lot about how to, you know, hire an HR company, how to hire people, how do you interview individuals, like background checks, just, you know, everything foundational from there. But even to things like accounting and financial management, we were super, super lucky that from a very early on place, we've had awesome partners we've worked with from everybody from our IT folks to our accountants. We've had really, really great support. And I think that that has been so key because I can know business, he can know dentistry, but to have somebody, for instance, our amazing financial advisor who understands business dentistry, all of it, it's not just us, but it's really the team around us that's helped us to really figure it out and elevate even more. Right on. And, and I think what you kind of said there, what I take from it is, you know, play to your strengths. Dr. Bartish being a great prosthodontist, dentist, you know, you kind of having this business background, this organizational, like running things, uh, making sure everything is in harmony, and then almost just like hiring out your weaknesses. And uh, I think that's something that whether it's dentistry, a dental lab, or or a different business is applicable. And that's great. Just getting back to basics. Like, what are you good at? Double down on that. And that leads me to a little bit of a spontaneous question that I think the audience will really appreciate. And, and maybe um, Dr. Bartish, we'll start with you. And then Maggie, you can you can add on to this. But I uh, called your office last week and I got your lovely receptionist, Chrissy. And <laughs> I was put on hold and I noticed like the hold music. Um, overall, I, I noticed right away how much attention you you paid to the little details that made it a pleasant experience, even if it was just like rescheduling this episode to a you know a week later. Um, I think something that tons of dentists out there would be would love to hear is how do you hire a great receptionist? Like, what did you do? that resulted in and and sure maybe like there's a there's some element of luck of the draw out there but it is like the almost the first impression to your practice and it's very important uh whether it's from the business side or just like the you know being nice to the community side or whatever 
Could you talk about like maybe your experience in hiring a receptionist? Because I think there there might be some dentists listening who could take something from that. And Dr. Bartish, let's start with you. And then Maggie, maybe you can uh, add on to that. Oh, man, I think you're better off starting with Maggie because she does 100% of our hiring. All right, let's so, go to Maggie. I'll be perfectly honest, she really does. So I was super, super fortunate in my past corporate life that I did a lot of recruiting at my alma mater. So I got to talk to amazing candidates, to not so amazing candidates, and everywhere in between. So I have a major, just, I had a great experience learning from all of that. But I think the thing that's really worked for us is just, I personally, when I hire somebody, I really don't care what their background is. Like, I don't care if they worked at a bank or if they worked at a dental office or if they've never had a job and they're just coming out of school. My thing is, I'm really about hiring for the personality rather than the specific position. So I know if it's somebody who shows that they've got drive and that they've got organizational skills and that they're going to be a team player... My opinion is that you can teach anybody anything on the job. And I mean, within reason, right? Like if you need a hygienist, they have to have a hygiene degree. You can't teach them how to be a hygienist just on the job training. But in a lot of other roles, I mean, so much of that is just learning the systems. And the more that you have the right team, the more it plays up in this. So as we've continued to grow and expand and build our team, the more you hire the right people, every hire after that just gets easier because you've got people who are team players who want to participate, who want to coach others, and everybody kind of fits in and helps elevate as a whole. You know, that is a very interesting uh, point because once you get some great personalities in, it almost scales your time in the sense where that they can help train other staff so you can then focus on your strengths and double down on your strengths. And, and we see that at the lab as well. Uh, very, very interesting. I think um, what I take away from that is just like, you know, if you need a certification, you need a certification, right? Like if you're going to be a dentist, if you're going to be a hygienist, but you know, if, if you just need someone to, to be like an incredible first impression for your, your practice, maybe just prioritize uh, certain things like the, uh, the personality, like the organization skills. I, I think that's very, um, it's very good practical uh, advice there and guidance. Dr. Bartish, taking it back to you, um, could you tell us a little bit about just how long you've been practicing dentistry, uh, your dental journey, and then like kind of how you, you got to specialize in, in prosthodontists a bit more? Sure. Um, you know, I, was, I graduated from Ohio State in 2010, and I, I kind of jokingly we actually we went up back up to the to my alma mater and, and spoke to some of the students within the last six months or so, and I sort of jokingly told them that I've kind of had every job that you can have in in the private sector. I went and left and did a GPR for a year down in Nashville, and then I became an associate at a, a DSO style practice, and then I became an associate at more of a um, relationship driven practice. And then was fortunate enough to be able to purchase that and, and now own it. So it's been fun to be able to essentially do every role that you, that most people, I guess, could do within private practice, that is. So I think it's been given us, it's given us an interesting perspective where you can cherry pick the things that worked really well that you saw and you can eliminate the things that you, you saw didn't work very well. And I think that that's been a nice kind of a secret sauce for us is that we, we've seen some things just by being boots on the ground in some of these, you know, situations that we've been in. 
And so we get to, you know, utilize some of the more efficiencies, things that we see from the DSO situation while still being really, really relationship driven. But, you know, so much of what I do now and how I practice is, you know, completely the, the result of having great mentors and, and more importantly, listening to them. So that is, um, that, that's the, the biggest thing that I, that I think has driven my career is just being able to be in the presence of, of very excellent mentors and, you know, taking what they say and implementing it. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, it's so important. Mentorship, uh, dentistry, life, whatever it is, save yourself some trouble and, and find a good mentor, right? Um, uh, find four. <laughs> find four. Yeah, I, mean, That's even I mean, the more the merrier. Yeah. And, and then real quick, Dr. Bartish, like how did you um, kind of go? It sounds like you, you went a little bit from like a general dentistry to you, you, you mostly do prosthodontic work these days or could you talk about I, a little I, bit? Yeah, I sort of look at it like where I'm a general dentist with a little bit of a like cosmetic and pros flair. Um, yep. You know, I one of the mentors I found is a guy that I know that you have interviewed, Dr. David Bennett, who. Um, is, is just a phenomenal coach and person and, just, and obviously an amazing dentist. And I, I give him a ton of credit for, you know, con- continuing to help me grow as a, as a clinician. That was just a huge thing that allowed, you know, our practice to grow further. And when I hired him to kind of coach me, I didn't even hire him to, you know, help us make any more money. I just wanted to get better. Um, you know, I've got a, there's a guy locally here who's like an older brother to me. His name's Dr. Matt Parker. He's a periodontist. Who's just a phenomenal clinician, phenomenal businessman, just, you know, a guy that you can really look up to. So he's been a phenomenal person in my life to, to help us. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of how we kind of got there is just seeing what worked for people that looked like they were having a great deal of success and seeing clinically they were, that they were doing a great, you know, really successful cases. And then just going, well, how did you do that? And then when they told you, you just listen. Yeah. So it's literally, it's that simple. You know, it's so interesting because of all the, the conversations I've had, the, the, you know, we've, I've heard like find a mentor, connect with a mentor many, many, many times, but this is the first time someone has added the, and listen, like that is, that's incredibly important. So I, I really just want to, it's another one of those details. And it kind of leads to my next question. Uh, Dr. Bargess, we'll start with you. And then Maggie, you can maybe uh, go after him. Take this whatever direction you'd like. Like what's one X factor that kind of separates you and your from other dentists and maybe your practice from other dentists? Like I know I was very impressed with the details um, of, of just like the little things when I was exposed to your practice. But maybe uh, there's something else that, you know, you'd like to speak on uh, about the uniqueness well, first of all, thank you for saying that because we we actually do work really hard on trying to make sure that those things are taken care of and that every little thing, because the little things add up to make the big things work well. So yes. I, I really do appreciate you saying that first and foremost. Um, I mean, I think X factor wise is we're, we try to be very relationship driven in what we do. And I think that we're really clear as a practice on what it is that we do here. So, you know, whenever somebody walks through the door, the entire team from the first person that answers the phone to the finality of, you know, getting the occlusal guard after they've had all this amazing work done is that everybody knows what the outcome that we're looking for is. And we're able to take them from point A to point B and or, or A to Z, I guess, 
and it's it should be seamless and it should be really clear to the patient as well what's happening. So I, I think that that in building the relationship with folks to know that let them know that we actually really care about what we do, I think for us has been a a, a massive thing um, that we've spent a lot of time working on, frankly. So that, I think that works great for us. Yeah, Maggie, anything to add? No, I mean I think we both agree. Like the relationships are so huge, and when you think about just the people and everything from the way that we have relationships with our staff. I mean, we all work together, but I think that we share a lot more about, you know, we feel more like a family. And I know in a lot of workplaces that's taboo and it's like, oh, you know, you don't want to get too close, whatever. But for us, I mean, people are comfortable sharing, hey, like to our group text, they'll send pictures of their kids or, you know, there's some on their baseball game or whatever it may be. And it's really made our staff very close, which is awesome because it translates in the way that they converse with the patients and they really view a lot of the patients like family. We're super, super blessed. So our most tenured employee has worked for the practice for, she celebrated 25 years in December. Amazing. And it's just the thing that I love so much is she knows everything about people. Like she will know that, okay, we have this hygiene opening who could fill it. Oh, Bob could know he plays golf at 9am on Thursdays. I mean, she just really takes the extra mile to, talk to our patients and learn about them. And it just, it's incredible because I think it just makes the experience so much better for not only our staff, but for the patients, because we truly view everybody as an individual and genuinely care about what's going on in their lives. And it's just, it's a really, really awesome way to approach work. You know, it's incredible because it's almost like uh, she's like the human CRM. You know, she knows like when people are available, like the fun facts. And I don't know how you compete with that. You know, you can't. <laughs> like, I don't I mean, know you how can't. you can't. Whenever you know, she retires, I have no idea how we'll replace. Well, you can't replace that. It's you impossible. Can. But you can spend a ton of money with Salesforce. You could try to program it right. It probably still wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. That, so. No, it wouldn't touch her. Yeah, that's um, that is really something. And, uh, you know, we all know people like that. For example, we have some people at the lab. Um, We've been around since 1977. We've actually got some of our case managers who have been here since 1977. And the things that they have seen with their eyeballs are just, like, incredible. You know, they they look at a mouth, they look at some teeth, and they just, like, analyze. And you can see it, like, calculating in the the brain. And it's it's, it's really – you can't put a price on that. Uh, how about this? Taking it to the patient side, right? Dr. Bargish, we'll start with you and then and Maggie, maybe we, you can uh, fill in um, whatever he, he doesn't get to. What's one thing your patients have taught you over the years? You know, it's funny. Th- this question has come up a lot recently or not, maybe not this specific question, but something in this realm. And, you know, Maggie and I were sort of talking about this a little bit at lunch and, and the interesting thing, the practice that we that we have, we sort of look at it as it's a legacy practice. So the, the gentleman that founded it is Dr. Joseph Crowley, and he founded it in 1976 and then turned it over to us in 2017 when he became president of the American Dental Association. Wow. So we have a lot of people that literally have been in the in the chairs since 1976, and they're still coming to see us now. And I think what's funny and what's interesting to Maggie and I is, or at least this is kind of how we've talked about it, is that people are just so surprising and so much more often in a positive way than they are in a negative way. 
And I also think that people really want more than most dentists think they do. And I think I'll clarify that by saying there's so many times where you sort of undersell people or, or maybe don't give them the benefit of the doubt in terms of, well, you know, this person probably doesn't want that or they, you know, they'll never go and do this, you know, major reconstruction or whatever, whatever you have you. And it's incredible to us how often people surprise us and are so interested and all they were looking for was the opportunity to say yes to getting healthy or having something they've never had before. And it's so incredible to be able to like watch that. And we've learned from that of just going, you know, you should want more and people really do. That's incredible. Uh, Maggie, anything to add on that? No, I mean, we're pretty aligned on that one because it just, I, my favorite thing is if I'm, I'm not usually in the office for the afternoon huddle, but when I am and we have a patient who has been a long time patient who all of a sudden says yes to something, to something that is going to be life changing for them, or, you know, maybe it's even as simple as a crown they've put off for so long but now all of a sudden something has changed for them and that all of a sudden they really want to pursue it. And we have a one really, really awesome mentor who always tells us to treat every patient like a new patient. And it's just so true because if you get jaded by anything or, you know, you're like, well, Betty said no seven times. I don't want to talk to her about it. It's just when you really go in and it's amazing how much people will surprise you. And to Andy's point in a good way, by just, I mean, one little shift in a conversation and how much it can change their lives of all of a sudden saying yes to this life-changing dentistry that's going to, you know, improve their lives in ways that they couldn't eat before. And now they can, or, you know, even just something as simple as getting them back to optimal health. You know, excuse me. I I love that because it's making me think of uh, just like a saying we say over here, and that's one smile can change the world. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, we that. deal with thousands of cases every month, but like they are all important. It's fascinating because it's like there's this big assembly, you know, factory type environment in the lab. But it, but instead of making like, you know, a thousand Tesla cars or, or Ford cars or something, they're making like one of one teeth and, and for one of one people and one of one smiles. And really it's it's every single one is special, just like every single patient. So that, that's really cool. Um, how about this kind of adding on top of that? How important is it, Dr. Bartish, to work with a good dental lab? And why is that so important for dentists? Oh, my God, it's it changes the way you practice. It's it's like having I mean, I don't even know how to describe it in terms of anything else. I mean, if it's like having the world's greatest caddy, that knows every yeah. yardage and exactly how far you take this and hit it this far or having an incredible coach or teacher professor. It's an extra person or really a team of people that's on the team. It just doesn't happen to be inside of the office. I mean, if you're not confident in what your lab is delivering to you, you are not going to be able to like confidently talk to patients about the types of dentistry that they need. Because in the back of your mind, you're going to be wondering if your lab and you can deliver it, what it is that you're telling these people. So when you have a relationship with a lab that you know is going to nail it in the way that you're communicating with them, I mean, communication obviously is the largest part of this whole thing. But when you have that relationship with your lab and you're able to be kind of work together to develop these smiles and you start like cataloging all the cases that you're doing and showing these before and afters and what you're capable of, 
I mean, the confidence level that you have in yourself and the confidence level the lab has, and then the, the patient feeds off of that. I mean, you, you cannot do this job without trusting and believing in the lab that you're working with. I mean, period, end of story. Wow. I love that caddy example. Um, that's the first time I've heard that one. And that's, that's right on Maggie, anything to add from your perspective? No, I think actually when you were talking about how you guys view it as, you know, one smile, that to me is so critical because you can have big labs, you can have small labs, you know, to me, the size of it isn't important. It's how they're viewing the individual case because in the office, you're viewing one patient and you're seeing that as you want to deliver the absolute best outcome you can for them. So I think the fact that you guys are talking about, you know, one smile and thinking about it that way is huge because to me, that's the most important thing is you want whatever lab you're working with to view, even though I think the hard thing for you guys is you never get to see the full outcome unless we send you guys the pictures, you know, we get the satisfaction of that. But the fact that, you know, a lab like yours can think about that, even though you're not in front of the person and making sure that you're viewing it individually. And I think we love showing our patients kind of the behind the scenes pictures of the lab, because I don't think they have any idea how much artistry goes in to making every individual unit. And it's just, I mean, it's a beautiful process. So I think the fact that, you know, when you work with a lab who views the patient as an individual and puts that extra time and attention and detail, I mean, it just, it makes the outcome for everyone just so much greater. So true. So true. It's, uh, you know, we, we do what we can. Um, one of the X factors about the lab actually is really cool. And I'm, I'm thrilled about this is like the brand manager, because it means I get to market it is we actually have an in-house dentist and an in-house prosthodontist. So we can like view things and view cases through the dental lens and the technician lens. And, you know, going back to the confidence in the lab, uh, it kind of just like if they if they if everything's not like ten out of ten ready to go, you know they'll they'll make sure it is, and um, I think it just kind of strengthens that uh, nailing it every single time uh, probability. Um, last question, I guess, before we hit the lightning round, and, and we can go to uh, both of you. We'll, we'll start with you, Doctor Bartish, and then um, Maggie. Actually, I have two more questions. What advice would you give to dentists to maximize success in 2023, 2024, and beyond? Uh, you know, it's it's one of these professions, and I love dentistry because you can be so entrepreneurial or you can just be a dentist and, and that's it. And I think that dentistry is at an interesting point now where it's sort of – it's becoming more like polarized, in, at least in my opinion, where – you're, you're starting to see more of like really high end dentistry and then really low end types of dentistry. And then there's that middle class of dentistry is not necessarily as prevalent as it once was. So I guess my advice would be is to find what you're really good at or find what you're really passionate about and just double down on that. I think that's the biggest, biggest thing for us that has made us, you know, helped us be successful is to just be who we are and be unapologetic about it and it will work for you. I love that. Maggie, what about you? I think, I mean, it's as usual as guess being married and business partners, we tend to think the same way Um, because really authenticity and honesty is my biggest thing is I think 
to Andy's point, being true to yourself and really kind of knowing the path you want to go down and then sticking to it. But I also think there's an honesty component when you talk about dealing with patients, with staff, with whatnot, is not being afraid to have the hard conversations and to tell the truth, whether it's, you know, telling a patient exactly what's going on in their mouth, even though you know it's going to upset them, you can walk away knowing that you really have their best interests and you want to see them achieve optimal health or, you know, whatever their primary concern may be. But I also think it holds true with, you know, staff and vendors you work with and everything else too. You know, the more you can just be authentic and honest, the better it's going to be for everyone. Great advice. Um, You know, and I think that's uh, one of the reasons I love podcasting and bringing this to the dental space because there's, I think dentists do a great job of social media but it's so hard to really get to know them fully, uh, you know, long form conversation, hear that tone of voice, all those things. And um, people really do latch on to that uh, authenticity, that uniqueness. And, and I would say that that's right on uh, Dr. Bartish and, the, and then Maggie, um, do you have any goals for the future? Oh man, I, you know, it's, we're at this point. It's interesting that, I think both of us would say that we've probably gone farther in dentistry already than we would have ever dreamed we could, or at least I I certainly believe that at this point, you know, so there, there's always, you know, some, some goals and and some, I think we will keep, we keep to ourselves and sort of look at it as things that we can try to achieve together. But, you know, I think we, we look at it as we've been very fortunate to have amazing mentors in our careers. And one of the goals that we have is to begin paying that backwards to the next generation of dentists who are coming out of school or, and quite frankly, who are in school. Um, and, and Maggie could probably share a little bit more about this. We're currently working with a, a group of Ohio State students and sort of beginning to teach them um, a little bit of like a, a virtual dental MBA course that we have uh, started to put together for them, which we just think is going to be really fun and really rewarding for these guys. And um, yeah, that's sort of one of the things we really want to be involved with is to, to give back what we've been so fortunate to receive. Wow. I think there's going to be a ton of demand for that. Um, and a lot of good uh, done by, by just like getting that knowledge and passing it along to the, the students. Um, I know, I know just speaking from experience, like, you know, I, I got a business degree, but you learn so much of like the in the trenches stuff, just being in the trenches and, and from mentorship and stuff like that. So so it's really cool to hear you're going to be kind of offering your own version of that solution. Maggie, what about you? Any goals to, to add on to Dr. Bartish? I think, I mean, I agree with what he said. It's, you know, goals are so important. And we had a great mentor who told us, you know, that very early on drilled in setting goals making a stretch goal with that, setting a reward for yourself so that you actually look back and celebrate. And I think it's so easy to just keep going, 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 and you forget to kind of turn around and think, oh my gosh, like, where did I come from? I've already accomplished so much. And I think we've been so blessed to have so many people that have really, really helped us to reach beyond what we thought possible. So the biggest thing for us really is just figuring out a way to help others who are struggling or don't realize, you know, how to make the next step and to really help them be successful and have it come not in a stressful way, but in a way they feel in control that they can really achieve anything they want to. Yeah. Like instilling that belief and then giving them the guidance. Uh, I'd say you guys are doing just some great stuff, you know, whether it's going back to the 
the the high level stuff like the the empowering the next you know up and coming generation of dentists or, or even like the getting in the trenches stuff with the the phone music the hiring process like the the knowing the cus uh the dentist or excuse me the the patient names and and all those things um i feel like you got you really pay attention to the to the right things and and the entire um just realm of, of your entire practice so, so that's really cool last last but not least we have the lightning round uh where i ask you guys a bunch of quick hitter questions and i ask that you just keep the answers to one or two sentences max sound good sure sure okay so it's gonna be because we have two of you one of you is gonna go first so who wants to go first should i go meggie or dr Bartek? i mean ladies first obviously ladies first you're right so, so basically i'm gonna i'm gonna ask the question meggie you give me your answer and then dr Bartek, you gotta follow reasonably quickly so it stays Perfect. fun sound good Got all right it. first question meggie what's your favorite meal lately oh my gosh um we're a big cheese family so i like a good burrata charcuterie maybe like a nice glass of wine with it delish what about you dr bartish if i want to feel good the next day something that's gluten-free uh but unfortunately generally it turns into some kind of like crap with cheese on it and you know pizza that can be tasty too. You know, I, I could go for both of those. Um, what you about pay this? for it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a musical artist you've been listening to a lot this year. Oh, this is a big one. So <laughs> we watched the Ed Sheeran documentary on Disney Plus and did not really care for him much. Loved him. Loved everything he's about. Think he's an amazing person. Yeah, I have to say we've listened to far too much Ed Sheeran this summer. What saw him live, and it, I don't know. It was just kind of he's the musician of the summer for our family. I mean, he's so talented. I think he's, he's got universal respect. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, my brother saw him in uh, Sweden. So he said it was an incredible awesome. concert. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I got to check out that documentary. I didn't even know it was out. But he's it's so good. You know, and I'm just going to interject. I feel like he's one of those artists that broke through not on looks, but just on like pure talent. And I have so much respect for that because you can't always say that about the music industry. Totally agree with you. He's I really like so good. Yeah, I love that answer. Okay, favorite class you've ever taken? Oh God, that's a hard one. Um, advertising art in high school. Ooh, I okay. love the creative plus the business side. It was awesome. Dr. Bartish. Ironically, this is going to sound so set up, but it, it's I took a class at Butler University called the Legal Environment of Business. Mm -hmm with a guy named judge bowls. And it was just because he was so hilarious and blunt and not like totally unlike any other professor. It was just completely entertaining from the minute it started. So that one for sure. And those will stay with you forever. Uh, I think everyone really enjoys those professors for the most part. Um, what about this? What's one of your favorite brands? It's changed lately. I feel like a lot of brands that have been awesome have not weathered the test of time. Um, can I say a brand how it used to be? Go for it. Nordstrom in the 90s. Like high-end customer service, piano playing throughout the department store. Just, I loved everything about it. Yeah. What about you, Dr. Bartish? I mean, currently, I really like on the the, uh, the running shoes or whatever yeah. you call. Them. I mean, I'm, I'm I a big Federer. I'm uh, me too. I'm I'm a big Federer guy. So, you know, I gotta I gotta support him now that he's in retirement. You know, that's actually really interesting. Um, I've been seeing those 
absolutely explode in Milwaukee. Um, you know, and then you see them in airports and stuff like that. But it, it's kind of interesting to hear you uh, mention that um, being in Cincinnati area. So that's cool. Oh, they're everywhere. Um, yeah, I feel like they're everywhere. Uh, what about this next place you want to visit? Switzerland, which is really not meant to time out with his Roger Federer comment. But <laughs> everybody's just said it's beautiful. Picks look great. <laughs> Winter, summer. I mean, I've seen, I've seen uh, very few countries that look that great. Yes. Um, I'd love to go. Uh, what about you, Dr. Barke? I mean, it's sort of self-fulfilling because this is, I'm, I'm turning 40 next, uh, next spring and I've never gone to Wimbledon and we got, bought tickets to go to Wimbledon in, in London and to go watch center court. So that is my, uh, that's, that's, we're going to do that. That's the next place I want to go. So I guess it's, we want to go there and we are going there. Wow. You guys got to get some photos of that. That's going to be awesome. Um, how about this first app you open in the morning? My email. I know you're not supposed to do it, but I can't stop. Dr. Bartish. I, I guess it's technically my sleep app to make sure that I like didn't, you know, have like horrific apnea the night before. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably the honest answer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what about this? What's a good book you've read? I actually read a lot and we have a different taste because I like mindless reading and he loves the more in-depth reading, but I read, I just recently finished the magnificent lives of Marjorie post about the daughter of the post serial fortune. And it was fascinating. Sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I guess for me, uh, I just finished a book called A um, a Fever in the Heartland, which was uh, gifted to me by my wife uh, for one of our vacations we had recently. And it, it's it's kind of a touchy subject matter. It's about the, the rise and downfall of the Ku Klux Klan and the woman that brought them down. Um, and it was it's a really interesting historical novel. It's all true. But there's a lot of really interesting facts in it. It was kind of um, the cool part about it is it's set around uh, the Butler University campus, which is where I went to undergrad. So I really enjoyed mm-hmm. reading it and kind of seeing, I mean, obviously the things that are in there are horrific, obviously, but um, it's a great tale of, you know, humanity kind of overcoming. So I really, really enjoyed the book. Yeah. It sounds like you got two very interesting ones. Uh, how about this? Um, like uh, a show you really like and a, one of your favorite movies. We'll start with you, Maggie, and then Dr. Bardish, you give us here too. Since we're going to fall, we always watch Parks and Recreation in the fall. It always seems to be fall in that show, and it's just such good tune-in-whenever, mindless kind of things. Um, And then movie, I just saw the Barbie movie on Sunday, and the details were just exquisite. Everything about the costumes and the set, I loved it. Okay. What about you, Dr. Bartesh? Oh man, TV's tough because we both, Maggie and I are both like, we come home and we turn our brains off a little bit. So I'll, I'll say Righteous Gemstones, which is just good one. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, I haven't seen any great movies lately. Just with a three and a five year old, it's kind of hard to sit down and watch something that's adult driven. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm excited to see, she wanted to see the Barbie movie. She got to go first, but I want to see Oppenheimer. But I, I really like everything that Christopher Nolan has done. I just think he's awesome. Um, except for Tenet, which I still really don't understand. You know, it's fascinating you said that because that's exactly how I, de- I describe my like cinematography interests as well. I'm a huge Nolan fan, and I don't – like, 
I, I really just am a tough cookie for that stuff. And I, I saw Oppenheimer. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I, I saw, I've seen most of his films. I, I, I agree. Tenet was a little, um, you know, I liked it, but it was like very confusing. But while wow, it's super cool that you're also a big Christopher Nolan fan. Uh, yeah, man. I, thought, I, I thought this was super fun. I'm kind of getting to know you, you both a little more. Any final thoughts, Dr. Bartish and Maggie, before we wrap, wrap up? Maggie, you want to go first? No, you go first. I got to go first in all the questions. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, I, uh, KJ, I appreciate you having us on. This is really, this was a ton of fun. And I think what you're doing is really cool. I think it's fun to, to engage the community of Dennis. I think, I think I've told this to a number of people, but you know, I'm not a huge social media fan, but I think that social media has been really interesting for a career like dentistry where everybody's sort of on an island in their own little practice and the only way that you've ever really gotten to see inside of anybody else's four walls is by, you know, Instagram or YouTube or whatever else. So, you know, podcasting is just another another avenue where you can learn what everybody else is doing and and not be just kind of like sitting there in yourself. I mean, Dennis, by inherently, like you're generally like the only guy or the only dentist or whomever, but like usually it's the dentist and then everybody else. And then you're you're just so isolated in this career. And I think stuff like this is really cool because it allows everybody to see what other people are doing. And you can just learn so much from one little nugget that it's, it's just awesome. So I, I'm, I'm really appreciative that you're doing stuff like this. I think it's awesome. Man, the, the feeling's mutual. You know, same goes for, for you guys uh, coming on here. Um, you know, everyone's just getting a little bit better. And uh, I think that's kind of the way we approach it. Like, it's not going to... It's not going to solve all your problems in one moment, but it, it could be the, the light bulb, the key that unlocks that, you know, exciting door into a new chapter, a better chapter or something. Um, any final thoughts, Maggie? I, just, I think dentistry is such an awesome, awesome field because to the point of helping each other and raising the profession and, you know, I think as somebody who never in a million years thought that I would end up in the dental field, it's just it's amazing. And I love meeting people because you can have someone who is, you know, their practice is a mile from yours and there's patients everywhere. You know, there's still so much to collaborate on and learn from and work together. I mean, we're fortunate. We've got a bunch of friends in Cincinnati who have technically competing practices and we all really kind of view it as like, what helps me helps you. And we all grow together. And I think it's so unique because I think so many industries have turned to this competitive nature and I just, I've loved our conversation with you. Everybody I meet in the dental industry, I just think there's this camaraderie that you don't see so much anymore. And I just think it's a really, really fun place to work. If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So that's, exactly. uh, that's a great way to end it. Um, I just really want to thank Dr. Bartish. I want to thank his wife, Maggie, for joining us. If you're in the Cincinnati area, definitely give him a call. Uh, I was very impressed with everything I've been exposed to from their practice. And I just want to thank everyone for listening once again. I hope that uh, through this show, you, you've been able to make a, maybe to have a few takeaways and you can apply those to your practice and just get a little bit better. And this has been another great episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. My name is KJ Eichstead. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. If you'd like to contact the show, simply send us an email at dentallabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us at Life at New Art Dental on Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, we're out.